I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Greetings and salutations in the name of our Lord. I hope you're having a fabulous day. Today we're going to be looking at part three uh, of devotionals taken out of Exodus 39. Part one was the chapter of Exodus 39 itself, where it talked about what the priests wore and and their vestments and, and how that was special and important. Part two is when I started, well, thinking with my mouth open. I started thinking about the function of the priests within the context of the tabernacle. And uh, the priests function in one of three play in one of three ways. Uh, they interact with the non-priest at the brazen altar. They interact with the uh, with other priests inside the tabernacle, and they interact with God. Three areas of service, if you will. Well, today we're going to be taking a look at the uh, what's happening inside the tent at the table of showbread. Now, if you enter the tabernacle, you enter in, to the right is north, to the left is south, right? So if that's north, south, you're entering in through the east, that's the entrance. And then at the west end, the far end, is the Holy of Holies, separated from the holy place by a curtain. And we've already talked about the candlestick, how it represents uh, oil, how it represents the Holy Spirit, presented by oil and fire. And it provides the illumination, the only source of illumination for inside that tent. Uh, We talked about how the Holy Spirit is the only source of illumination for the believer. And uh, we talked a little bit about how it's, our responsibility to tend to the lampstand, if you will. The priest would tend to the lampstand, make sure there's plenty of oil flowing, make sure the the, the wicks are trimmed, and that the light is uh, as good as it can possibly be. Well, we as believers have responsibility to care for our relationship with God in such a way that the Holy Spirit is given free reign in our lives to provide illumination. We've talked all along about how uh, the basis of our uh, connection with God is our relationship with him and how the Ten Commandments are kind of like a marriage covenant. If I am truly the Lord your God and we have a relationship, you and I, there will be no other gods before me. You won't bring any other God into my presence, kind of like a marriage, married my wife. And it's like my wife turns to me and says, if I'm truly your wife and we have a relationship as a husband and wife, then you will bring no other woman into the room with me. Kind of 
puts everything in perspective, doesn't it? Well, today we're going to look at another piece of furniture inside the tabernacle, and we're going to go to the table of showbread. You can see the picture here. Uh, this is one depiction of it. I've seen several, and some of them are wildly different, um, but this, this will suffice. Here's what would happen. The priest would come in and bring flat loaves of bread like you see here and place them on the table of showbread and they would stay there for the entire week, all right? Then on this following Sabbath, priest would come in and replace the old loaves with new loaves and the priests together would eat the old loaves. They'd, sh they'd break bread together on the Sabbath in the holy place. And they would eat the loaves that had been sitting in the presence of God all week. Now, these loaves, while they're in the tabernacle, they're in the presence of God. And by eating these loaves, it was symbolic of them uh, becoming one with Yahweh, because these loaves had um, absorbed, if you will, the presence of God. Uh, there's there's the uh, lampstand. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not the lampstand, but there's the altar of incense at the front, where there's a special uh, fragrance that fills the room, and and that would imbue these loaves with the same smell that God has. It's really kind of amazing how it all ties together. And the priest would share these loaves together. All right, well, if the priest is a picture of us, and we've already said that the tabernacle, the, the holy place, is a picture really of the church, right? The non-believer, the non-priest, they can't see inside, see what goes on inside the church. The non-believing world doesn't really get why we do church. They don't understand why we do some of the things we do. In fact, they think we're nuttier than fruitcake sometimes. But the church is separate from the world. And in the church, there's things that happen amongst believers. Um, and this table is a real, this is where church takes place. Because this is the only place in the tabernacle where the priests congregate together with a common uh, with, with with a commonality of sharing a, a, of the bread together, breaking the bread. You know, in my family, uh, my children are grown. I'm going to be 67 this year. And uh, children are grown. They're out living by the, their own lives. Uh, I have grandchildren. And so we don't see them on a day-to-day -day basis anymore. Uh, they've got their own lives to live. But throughout the year, there, there are several occasions where the family gets together to share a meal. And there is nothing more um, anticipated than our family getting together to share a meal. And it's a big deal. Uh, my daughter-in-law is an incredible baker. She's a good cook. She's an incredible baker. My, my daughter, Joy, she has this magnificent mac and cheese recipe that the grandchildren, her nieces and nephews, just absolutely adore. And anytime Aunt Joy shows up, they are sorely disappointed if mac and cheese doesn't show up with her. Um, many times, my son's father-in-law and his wife will come. And 
he is an incredible chef. He always brings the meat. He is, oh my gosh. And so when we get together, these meals, the food is magnificent. And the company is absolutely uh, a hoot. I mean, we laugh, we sing, we we uh, discuss, we talk, we love each other. It's a special, special time when we get together to break bread together. Well, that's what is happening at the table of showbread. The priests, they've all got their individual responsibilities sometimes, there's a pre- some of the priests are working at the brazen altar. Some of the priests have been working, uh, tending the lampstand this week, and somebody's tending the fragrance of the uh, uh, altar of incense, and and somebody's tending the table of showbread. But this one time on the Sabbath, the priests meet and break bread together. Do you think this is important? Do you think? that this ordinance that God set down for what the priests are supposed to do is important? Yeah. And haven't we talked about how the tabernacle, the function of the tabernacle is the pattern of the way heaven is, really? Well, it's a picture of the church. And what the priests do around the table of showbread is a picture of the congregation of the church members congregating together on our Sundays, our Sunday church services. Um, the loaves, it's a special kind, it's a special loaf. Uh, they're pierced. I read somewhere once where they actually pierce these loaves. And so these are pierced loaves. Can you see the correlation between the pierced loaves and Jesus who who was pierced for us? So this is a picture of priests meeting around the pierced loaves and breaking bread together, which is a picture of us believers meeting together on the Sabbath around the pierced one, around Jesus, under the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Wow. The tabernacle takes on a rather contemporary sense to it, doesn't it? Lampstand, ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's gifts and gifted individuals. It brings illumination to the word of God. It brings illumination to the life of the believers. Then we have the table of showbread, which is highlighting the time of the week where the, where the priests congregate and meet and break bread together. And just like how these special meals in my family are so dear to us, Meeting with other believers should be dear to us. The writer of the New Testament says, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together as a manner of some is. Some people didn't see that it was important for believers to meet together, to be together, to be around each other. But that's not God's plan. That's not God's will. He wants us to meet with each other. And it should be a time of sharing. It should be a time of joy. Uh, Under the illumination of the Holy Spirit, with other believers in the same room, in the same place. Church 
should be an amazing place. Now, in today's culture here in the United States, uh, there seems to be a thing with what I would call mega churches, huge churches. And sometimes the intimacy of fellowship seems to be lost in some of those. I'm not saying that's the case everywhere. I honestly believe my church, which I guess would be classified as a a mega church, um, it's not huge by mega church standards, but it's a rather large church. They've managed to maintain a sense of intimacy and fellowship and community um, that's really special. And I think it's honoring the picture that we see in the tabernacle. When we meet on Sundays, the pastor's bringing the word of God. Musicians are playing the music. There's prayers. There's Bible studies. There's group, small groups getting together. There's, there's community happening. The community of the believer priests. But sometimes in a lot of these big churches, it becomes more of a, and again, please, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I have experienced this. In these some of these big churches, the music is more of a concert than worship. And it's more of a cult of personality where we center around the person of the pastor or the worship leader uh, rather than center around the person of God. That's not how church should be. And I think if you were to apply your heart and your thought to this concept of what the priest did around the table of showbread, where they would break bread together under the illumination of the Holy Spirit, this is part of the process of being inside the tabernacle, inside the tent of meeting. This is part of what it takes to transform you into the image of the Son. That's God's goal. From glory to glory, he's changing me. And there's the ministry of the Holy Spirit and there's the fellowship of the saints. That's part of it. You can't cut one off. You do that, you're removing part of the formula that God is going to use to turn you, to shape you into the image of his son. Fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters is very, very, very important. Um... I don't know what else I can say beyond that. This is an important part of the priest's week. This should be an important part of our week. The meeting together. The uh, changing of our hearts, souls, and minds. The, the transformation into the image of his son. Meeting together around the pierced one. Be breaking bread like the priest did with the pierced loaves. You know, I've said this before, but when the priest would be done with whatever their duty was in the tabernacle that day, in the tent of meeting, they would leave the tent. You know, there's that frag- the altar of incense. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. The altar of incense uh, fills the room up with this very special fragrance. And when the priest would leave the 
tent of meeting and walk out among the people, people would immediately begin to tell that one had been with God. Why? Because he smelled like God smelled. He'd been in there tending the lampstand or he'd been in attending the altar of incense or they'd been in there tending the table of showbread or sharing bread together. But when they left for a brief time, they would smell like God smelled. But that smell didn't stay with them forever. You know, if you've ever been camping and you come home and you have the smell of the campfire smoke, that really neat, woodsy aroma, <laughs> if you will. But you can smell the smoke from the campfire, but it, it doesn't last very long. And in a day or two, you can no longer smell the campfire in somebody. You have, you'd have to go back to the camp camping to get that smell, right? Well, the priests aren't going to smell like God forever. They have to go back again and again and again. Regular fellowship with other priests around the table of showbread. Hmm. There's a lot there to think about. Let me, let me share an article with you. I just... I found this by a, a, uh, a reformed uh, pastor. And it's, it's a short little article. I want to read it to you. It says, the primary purpose of the table is to hold the bread of the presence. Literally, the bread of the face, which was set before the face of Yahweh. Each Sabbath, the priest would replace the loaves from the previous week with a fresh batch of bread. And exactly 12 loaves were arranged in two rows of six. And these loaves represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Along with the other elements of the tabernacle, the table highlights the covenantal relationship between God and his people, as Yahweh dwells with Israel in a special manner. While much could be said about this table, there are two main things to note. One, the table of bread emphasizes God's provision for Israel. God is a creator and covenant Lord who has promised to redeem and care for them as a source of their life, he gives them daily bread like he did with the manna in the wilderness. But even more so, he's a source of their eternal life, and the people acknowledge these things by participating in the food offering ritual of the table. They provide a portion for the table out of the abundance of what God has given them. In this way, the people show their gratitude and worship the covenant Lord. Secondly, the table highlights the intimate fellowship that exists between God and his people. In the Bible, a shared meal was a time of close fellowship between people, especially in the context of the covenant. You know, Abraham's meal with God. Um, this was a covenant meal that commemorated the relationship between Yahweh and Israel. Eating in the presence of God revealed that Israel was intimately known and loved by him. So as the 12 loaves were a food offering to Yahweh and were later eaten by the priestly representatives of the people, the table became a perpetual reminder of the intimate fellowship that God shared with his people. It's like God's breaking bread with the priests. Isn't that amazing? These Old Testament elements are shadows of better realities that have come to the church in Jesus Christ. He is the fullest expression of the tabernacle, temple, as the presence of God among his people. Through him, God provides life to the church, both now and eternally. The bread of the presence ultimately pointed to Jesus as the bread of heaven. He is the bread of life, the true heavenly manna. And everyone who eats his flesh and drinks his blood, remember the communion service, has eternal life. 
This act of feeding upon Christ by faith is symbolized in the Lord's Supper, which is not restricted to priests as in the Old Testament, or as in the Old Covenant bread of the presence was. At the New Covenant meal, all believers now engage in intimate fellowship with the triune God, and together the church sees that they are known and loved by him. You know, when the church gathers, one of the results of that gathering is that the church walks away with renewed confidence in the love and care of God. Now, the world's going to wear that down. And they need to come back the next week to be reminded again, because that's that's the purpose. That's the purpose of the tabernacle. When the priests get done ministering in the tabernacle and meeting together, they walk out smelling like God smelled, but they have to come back again. See how that works? There's a lot of parallels I suppose you could draw, uh, but I think I'm going to stop with that now. I, I swear, I'm done. I, I'm done thinking with my mouth open. Here's my coffee. I'm Paige, and folks, I'm out of here. Have a great day. Bye-bye.